the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starks. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Uh, Good to have you with us today. We begin with some breaking news out of our nation's capital. Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has announced he is resigning from Congress uh, after being booted out of the House Speakership. I uh, hope, hope you're doing well today, and welcome to the program. Uh, this news just breaking um, in the in the past uh, fat, past few moments. Uh, McCarthy actually made the announcement uh, in, a, in an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal, and uh, he was uh, tooting his own horn quite a bit, as uh, well you should. But the reality is, that McCarthy is leaving the House of Representatives. And and to be honest, folks, uh, this is not a big surprise. Uh, this is not going to upset the apple cart. Uh, the reality is that Kevin McCarthy was a, was a squish. I mean, it really is that bad, but it is a squish. Uh, he and he is a squish. And uh, so anyway, we'll, um, we'll uh, see how this unfolds. But I'm telling you, that McCarthy resigning from Congress is a good thing for the Make America Great Again movement. It really is. All right, um, our telephone number, write this number down, brand new number, by the way, 901-260-5926 if you want to call in today. That's 901-260-5926. We're going to have some live reports from tonight's Republican primary debate. Uh, That's being held on the campus of the University of Alabama uh, we're also going to be talking with uh, Congressman Brian Mast from Florida um, about these hearings yesterday up on up on Capitol Hill. Really, some shocking stuff coming out of yesterday's yesterday's hearings, and uh, we're going to get into more of that in just a moment. But I just want to say something. I, I sat down and watched the Trump Town Hall last night on Fox News Channel, and. I feel so encouraged and energized after watching President Donald John Trump yesterday. He looked refreshed. He looked um, energetic. He looked like he was in a, a strong fighting spirit. And here is a man who is so comfortable in his own skin. And he was taking a lot of the questions and just really hitting a home run. Every single question was a home run. And I especially, I especially love, um, you know, Trump calling out people, calling out Biden. And the president says, we're going to be making the country greater than, than ever before. And you're sitting there and you're listening to this and you can't help but cheer. 
you, you can't help but stand up and say, yeah, this is this is what we need. This sort of excitement about a campaign. And I don't know about you. I don't know if you watched the debate last night, but it was fascinating to watch Donald Trump in, in action. And a couple of things. Uh, Trump, and by the way, the jokes, geez, this is the thing here that people don't understand about Donald Trump. The guy has an incredible sense of humor. He is a very witty individual. And unfortunately, a lot of people in the mainstream media, they're just, they're not funny people. You know, they're dour. They're, dare I say it, sourpusses. They really are. And a lot of times, they don't get the jokes, and then you have to back up and you have to explain it, and they, it just doesn't work. It's really unfortunate. There was a time in America when the press corps actually had a sense of humor, but no more. So anyway, um, I I feel great. I, I have never felt, I have look, Trump is going to be the president. That has never been in doubt at all. But, you know, this at this stage of the campaign, folks are getting a little bit weary of, of politics. And last night, this town hall was just really, um, it was a, like a shot of adrenaline. Oh, he was, um, he was asked, Hannity asked Trump about the whole dictator. This is great. He asked him about whether or not he was going to be um, a dictator because, uh, you know, the mainstream media, oh, he's Hitler. He's Hitler without a mustache. He's orange Hitler. People are hyperventilating over all of this. Anyway, uh, Trump was asked to respond to the accusations cut to. I want to go back to, to this one issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you yeah. under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except Look, what? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill. That's drill, not a that's, drill. That's not no, no. that's not retribution. I got I'm it. gonna be I'm gonna be, you know, he keeps we love this guy. He says, You're not gonna be a dictator, are you? I said, No, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that I'm not a dictator. So that, okay? that, that sounds to me like I I, I, I love it. it it's brilliant. No, he wants to be Hitler, Todd. He wants to be Hitler. He's going to gas the liberals. He's going to, Donald Trump, he gets elected on day one. He's going to gas the liberals. The only person gassing the liberals, ladies and gentlemen, is John Kerry at the climate summit. Not not Donald John Trump. Can we get some Febreze in here, please? So, again, I, I just, folks, I, I feel good about all of this. Uh, Trump, by the way, he actually made an interesting prediction about Joe Biden. says Joe Biden's not going to be the guy. He's not going to be going up against Joe Biden. Cut 14. I ask you, when prominent Democratic voices like Maureen Dowd and, and David Axelrod and Van Jones and others are so critical of Joe Biden. And, of course, he is struggling cognitively. I can't think of, in the last couple of months, any appearance that he has had where he wasn't either mumbling or bumbling or stumbling or having no clue where to go, where to exit. Now, my question is, do you think in 11 months he will be their candidate? I personally don't think he makes it. Okay, I haven't said that. I'm saving it for this big town hall. I'd never really. I personally don't think he. I think he's in bad shape physically. Do you remember when he said, I'd like to take him behind the barn? If he took me behind the barn and I went like this, 
he'd fall. I believe he'd fall over. I believe he'd fall over. And who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But, but it was okay. And by the way, it was okay for him to say that. He said, I'd like to take him behind the... He could say that, and everyone thought it was so cute. If I ever said it, they'd say, he's a dictator. He's a horrible human being. You know, it's a whole double standard we have, and not only in the law, but just about everything else, as you know very well. Um, I personally don't think he makes it physically. I watched him at the beach. He wasn't able to lift a beach chair, which is meant for children to lift. You can lift them like that. Uh, and mentally, I would say he's possibly equally as bad and maybe worse. But I don't know. I will say this. He's got vicious people surrounding him around that beautiful Oval Office. There are people in that Oval Office that are evil people, bad people, smart people, young, vicious they're communists and they're bad. Who, they're, who do you think would replace them then? Uh, well, I saw one person on who I actually had a very good relationship with, but I'm sure that it would end very quickly. I saw him in your debate the other night and he's slick, but he's got no facts. You know, he's got no facts. Uh, I thought he did well, considering. You're talking about Gavin Newsom. Yeah, considering that he didn't have the facts. I thought he did well. You know, he said, <laughs> we have the lowest taxes in the country. We have the cleanest streets in the country. We're, and I'm saying, wait a minute, is he talking about the same place? <laughs> so he'd certainly be one. I guess they say that Kamala would be uh, the one, the odds to be. Because they say if they didn't give it to her, the African-American vote, the black vote, would not go to them. And we just had a poll where I'm at 22 and 25 percent with the black vote. If we have that, we can call the election over. Yeah, I look, uh, folks, you can feel the you can just feel the energy in that room. And I don't know what is what did he say about what did he say about Biden? You could uh, you could little blow him over with just a little a little a win. <laughs> it's true. It's I mean, we've seen it happen. It's terrible. Nobody wants to wish ill on the president of the United States. We're not the ones putting the guy up on a stair step to put the uh, the Christmas ornaments on the tree. That's the, the that's the diabolical first lady, Doctor Mrs. First Lady Joe Biden, doing that. So again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm feeling good, and I hope you are too. I I see glimmers of light on the horizon, and we are we are on the verge of coming out of this dark winter that Joe Biden promised to usher us into. And Donald John Trump is going to usher us out of this dark winter and uh, into the, the bright, brilliant, beautiful, warm sunlight. And I'm excited about that. I hope you are too. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. Oh, we just got a text message. They said, you know, Trump can blow. He can blow uh, Joe Biden over with just a little of the puff of the, the little puff of the wind. Uh, apparently, so can John Kerry. <laughs> Legacy Precious Metals has a revolutionary new online platform that allows you to invest in real gold and silver online. Hi, this is Todd Starnes, and in just a few easy steps, you can open an account online, select your metals of choice, and choose to have them stored in a vault or ship to your door. You'll have access to a dashboard where you can track your portfolio growth in real time, anytime. And you'll see transparent pricing on every coin and bar. This puts you in complete control of your money. The platform is free to sign up for. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com and open your account and see this new investing platform for yourself. 
Gold hedges against inflation and against a volatile stock market. A true diversified portfolio isn't just more stocks and bonds, but different asset classes. And this new platform allows you to make investments in gold and silver, no matter how small or large, with a few clicks. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com to get started. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com or call 866-649-0304. That number again, 866-649-0304 and start investing today. Hi, I'm Hunter Biden, hoping you're enjoying the holiday season. But tax time is just around the corner in April of next year. But you don't have to report your income using this one simple trick. Convert your earnings into a loan. When someone pays you back for a loan, or if you pay them back, you don't have to report it or pay taxes. Simple. Stick it to the IRS doing business the Biden way. Get your employer to pay you a loan in exchange for your services. Loan your dad 10% of a family business transaction. I thought you were paying me back. It doesn't matter, Dad. Paying a hooker for her services? She loaned herself to you, so you were just paying her back. (sighs) Why struggle at tax time when you can keep all the money for yourself without all the hassle? Should all loan payments be forgot and never brought to mind? Should all loan Calling income or payments to someone else alone may not work for everyone. If you're not a Biden or even a politically connected Democrat, the FBI, DOJ, and the IRS are unlikely to be on your side, limiting your success at tax time. We'll smoke some crack and forget all about that picture, picture of his behind. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, message brought to you by Paul Shanklin. Sweet mercy. Not too sure about that tax advice, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, welcome back to the Todd Stearns radio program. And uh, great to have you with us. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. Want to play uh, some more audio from last night's incredible town hall meeting. Uh, This is uh, President Trump talking about what's about to happen to America. Cut 12. I love what I do because we are going to have, we are going to make our country greater than ever before. And and it's so important. It's so important. We are going to do things. We're going to close the border. Day one, the border gets closed. And day one and a half, we drill. You know, we drill, baby, drill, 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 drill. And probably on day uh, on day two, we'll get rid of this ridiculous electric car mandate. We have to go and buy a car. Uh, well, I, I love it. Uh, folks, it's going to be an exciting time, and you can hear the excitement in the crowd. Have you noticed something? Now, you've, you've got to go back and watch. But these Ron DeSantis events, when you see the Ron DeSantis events, do you see that sort of excitement? Do you see that sort of enthusiasm? Do you see a guy who is comfortable in his own skin? A a guy who's able to take an accusation like being a dictator and he's able to twist that around and have a little bit of fun with it? Are, Are you seeing that? Does Ron DeSantis, and maybe this is the overarching question, does Ron DeSantis look like a man who is having fun on the campaign trail? 
I, I don't think so. It looks to me like here's a guy that's being ordered by somebody, and I don't know if it's the missus, I don't know if it's somebody else, but he's being ordered to to act a certain way, to behave a certain way, to walk a certain way. Honey, I told you you're too short. Wear high heels. What's wrong with you? Come on. Get it together, Ron. Get it together. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know who is giving him those orders. I, I just don't. Smile, damn it. Okay. All right. I'm very happy to be here. I'm Ron DeSantis. I'm smiling. I'm always smiling. I'm never looking at my... Don't look at the opponents. Look at that camera, Ron. Come on. Please don't hurt me. Again, I don't know who's doing this. But something is very odd. I'm not saying... I'm just telling you, it, something is weird about all of that, right? He just, it's, there's something very unnatural about DeSantis out of the campaign trail. And I think ultimately the reason why is because Ron, somebody is telling Ron to be something he is not. By the way, uh, Bloomberg is reporting, and this is the headline, DeSantis campaign in turmoil ahead of Iowa caucus. And apparently, according to Bloomberg, that uh, the governor's closest allies are, are taking greater control of the daily over the daily operations of his presidential run. So this would be what shakeup number four, shakeup number five. It really does. It really does make you wonder what the thinking here is, and is DeSantis finally going to step up and be his own man here? And again, I don't know who is calling the shots in Team DeSantis. I do know this, they're incredibly thin-skinned, incredibly. And uh, we've been uh, critical of the governor uh, over the, over this uh, political cycle, and he has iced us out. We've been told that uh, we, we, we are, he is not allowed to come on our show. He is not allowed to do that. So I don't know who's telling him that he can't do that, but somebody is. Bloomberg in this piece says that... DeSantis has privately acknowledged that Trump holds too much sway over GOP voters. His allies have also reportedly said it was not a good idea for DeSantis to run. Okay, wow. Who are those friends? Run, you need new friends. They're just now figuring this out? Really? And here's the reason why. And and we're just going to get into the nitty and the gritty for just a moment. I'm going to tell you why. Because they brought in all of these talk radio hosts and Twitter pundits and Facebook pundits and all of these folks who really don't have a clue. I mean, when it comes down to it, they don't have a clue about what they're talking about. And he surrounded himself with these people that worship him like a god. We don't do that here on this program. We disagree with President Trump about something. I'm very open about it. But I'm also very open with the fact that I support Donald Trump. A lot of these people out there in conservative world, you know, they're being photographed like the Four Seasons, and they're bringing them in, and they're hobnobbing. Uh, they're trying to wine and dine all these social media influencers out there talking about the DeSantis campaign. And instead of actually getting good guidance and advice, they're they're getting adoration and worship. And that is not helpful. But right now, Ron DeSantis is not his own man. So whoever in that campaign is calling the shots, and honest to goodness, I have no idea who it is. I, I wish I could tell you, but I don't. But whoever that person is, is not doing DeSantis any favors. 
Anybody who told this man, a grown man, to go out there and wear lifts in his boots, at that point, ladies and gentlemen, the election is over. All right, what say you? Is it time for DeSantis to go? 901-260-5926, our number 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. MyPillow is celebrating its 20-year anniversary with over 80 million MyPillows sold. Mike Lindell at MyPillow wants to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in the history of MyPillow. You're going to get their queen-size MyPillow for $19.98, regular price $69.98, and just $10 more, you're going to be able to get a king-size pillow. You're going to receive deep discounts on all MyPillow products like bed sheets, mattress toppers, pet beds, mattresses, my slippers, and so much more. This is the time to try out some of their other amazing Amazing products you've had your eye on. Go to mypello.com slash starns. That's mypello.com slash starns. Use the promo code starns to get this amazing offer of the queen size mypello for $19.98 or call 1 800 839 8506. The offer comes with a 10 year warranty and a 60 day money back guarantee. That's mypello.com slash starns. Use the promo code starns or call 800 839 8506. Promo code starns. Welcome back, everybody. Good to have you with us. This is the Todd Stern's radio show. Any of you folks going to the big debate tonight in Alabama at the University of Alabama? Apparently, big crowd. They said some 7,000 students at the University of Alabama wanted tickets, but only 1,000. There's only room for 1,000. So it could be a zoo down there tonight. Um, the, the debate stage, by the way, we're talking four candidates. You have DeSantis, uh, Haley, Ramaswamy, and uh, Krispy Kreme. And by the way, uh, this is interesting. Uh, it, it turns out, again, that um, another lawmaker is endorsing Donald Trump. Uh, Senator Katie Britt from Alabama announcing today, of all days, that she is in with Trump. So good for you, Senator. That is excellent news, and I'm sure the good people of Alabama are going to be excited uh, to uh, hear that. I want to play a little bit of music for you, ladies and gentlemen. Is that okay? We're going to play a little bit of music. Is that all right? Uh, we're get- getting close to the, uh, the, the Yuletide season, and uh, this is really not even a Christmas song. But uh, take a listen to this great old spiritual. Did my Lord deliver Daniel, deliver Daniel, deliver Daniel. White people singing a spiritual. Is that right, Ben Dieter? What is this, like Liberty University? No. Um, wow. So there we go. Um, we love Liberty University, by the way. A great sponsor of this program. Uh, we don't know where. We just pulled that off of the interwebs. So uh, that song is a black spiritual. And it is a traditional song sung in many schools across the nation. As a matter of fact, many high school and middle school choirs and choruses 
actually perform these kinds of religious songs. I'm thinking about Bach, for example. I'm thinking about the Hallelujah Chorus. So anyway, uh, the children at the Challenger Intermediate School in Kansas, and by the way, thanks to our great friends at KQAM, they're the ones who alerted us to this uh, story, one of their great listeners. It turns out the children at uh, Challenger Intermediate School will no longer be allowed to sing religious songs. The students were singing that particular song, Didn't My Lord Deliver Daniel, and another song that actually included the lyrics to Amazing Grace, and it triggered somebody in the school. So they reached out to the Freedom From Religion Foundation, which is based in Wisconsin, and all of the atheists over there got triggered. And they say that under the Constitution, only uh, choirs may only sing secular music. Sammy Lawrence is a legal fellowette, fellowette at uh, the Freedom From Religion Foundation. She says the district's choir programs must focus on teaching secular music and lessons, not religious devotional music and Bible stories. So instead of checking with the Department of Education, the Goddard Unified School District decided, you know what? That sounds that sounds pretty good to us. We're just going to tell the kids they can no longer sing any song about God. And they fired off a letter, and they told the choir to cease and desist. They will no longer be allowed to sing religious music. Now, uh, we did a little bit of research on this. The National Association for Music Education says sacred music is an important part of the education process. They say the study and performance of religious music is not only appropriate, but it is also constitutional. So there you go. Now, the out-of-town atheists say it's not the teacher's job to convert a student to their religion, no matter what tools they use to do so. All right, may I just say, to my knowledge, no one has been converted to Christianity by listening to that song or by singing that song. So are you telling me that we're just going to get rid of all the sacred music, and and now what are the kids going to do? They're going to sing, I don't know, Pete Eddy songs or Taylor Swift? Oh, by the way, she's the Time Magazine Person of the Year. I'll get to that later. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Look, it is true that our Lord delivered Daniel from the lion's den, and if uh, the good Lord can do that, then he can deliver the chorus children from the clutches of the Wisconsin atheist. So there you go. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. So Riley Gaines was up on Capitol Hill yesterday, and she was explaining basic biology to the lawmakers. It's sort of shocking that this is an issue, but it is. And in, in the process of providing testimony that, Little girls have little girl parts, and little boys have little boy parts. She apparently triggered a sitting member of of Congress. I want you to hear the back and forth. It is outrageous and delicious. And to me, that although the title of this hearing implies a much-needed discussion, we're likely going to be forced to listen to transphobic bigotry. Unsafe, unfair, and discriminatory practices towards women must stop. Inclusion cannot be prioritized over safety, and fairness, and Ranking Member Lee, if my testimony makes me transphobic, then I believe your opening monologue makes you a misogynist. Uh Thank you. 
I have, as the saying goes. Uh, Madam Chair, excuse me, I move to have uh, the gentlewoman's words taken down. Madam Chair, she's engaging in personalities. Can I just ask how it's fair to be called transphobic? There's a thing. I would say men disguising themselves as women are engaging in personalities. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, I move to withdraw the point of order. My goodness. Well, (laughs) there you go. Poor Riley Gaines. Just and, and by the way, this is how you effectively go toe-to-toe with these kinds of people. You don't have to yell. You don't have to scream. You can just call them flat out for what they are. And Riley Gaines is right. You're going to sit here and call me transphobic? Well, fine. You're a misogynist. What? Well, you, well, you can't say that. How dare you? Who do you think you are? This is how the left operates. You see, ladies and gentlemen, just like bullies... Just like bullies, these pronoun people, they back down because they know they have no legitimate argument. They know that science is not on their side. That's what this is all about. All right, we got to take a break here. Uh, Telephone number 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. We know you love Newsmax, and I know you watch it all the time. I do. And just recently, Newsmax had to stop their free stream on their app. So you may be missing Newsmax's best shows, uh, folks like Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Greta Van Susteren. So they launched Newsmax Plus, and more than 175,000 people have already signed up. That's amazing. Newsmax Plus lets you watch the Newsmax channel on your phone or your home TV. And with Newsmax Plus, you're also going to get into their streaming channel. You'll be able to watch my show Newsmax Plus just launched actor John Voigt's new series on Israel, and they've got the best Donald Trump coverage, hands down. So, folks, you, you got to get Newsmax Plus today. It's not going to cost you anything to start. Go to NewsmaxPlus.com for a free trial. That's NewsmaxPlus.com for a free trial. NewsmaxPlus.com. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, so Taylor Swift is uh, Time Magazine's Person of the Year. I remember back in the day, well, you know, when I was a kid growing up, that actually meant something. You know, when you when you had the, they used to call it the Man of the Year, and that's because men were the Men of the Year. And now, who knows, with all these pronouns and all this kind of stuff, you just never know. So uh, they switched it over to the Time Magazine Person of the Year, or um, Gal of the Year in the case of Taylor Swift. 
And uh, it's really not clear. I it's not clear why. I mean, is it because she's dating the the football player? Is that the reason why she's being elevated to uh, person of the year status? Ben Dieter, you're kind of like in that whole like entertainment world. Is 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 she worthy? Has she done something other than dating a football player to to to, to get some sort of an award like this? Well. I mean, I could give you some context with folks that have landed this top spot. I mean, we've got Stalin, Hitler, Putin. I mean, so time has oh, never geez. been necessarily the best at picking person of the year. Merkel, Giuliani, Bush, oh, he's not bad. Gingrich, Kissinger. So it's a weird, it's weird that she landed this. But to your point, Todd, um, she has done more for the economy than our own president of the United States. So I will give her credit where credit is due. What do they call her uh, followers? Swifters? Swifties. 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 I see. I see. Yeah. So here's some audio from Taylor Swift. Always important to put things in context. Uh, This is Taylor Swift weeping, um, very upset at our good friend, Senator Marsha Blackburn. Cut number 16 really is a big deal she votes against against fair pay for women she votes against the reauthorization of the of the violence against women act which is just basically protecting us from domestic abuse stalking stalking she votes she thinks that that if you're a gay couple or even if you look like a gay couple you should be allowed to be kicked out of a restaurant it's really basic human rights and it's right and wrong at this point and i can't see another commercial and see her disguising these policies behind the words Tennessee Christian values. Those aren't Tennessee Christian values. I live in Tennessee. I am Christian. That's not what we stand for. Really? Okay. Um, That's a bit of a stretch there. Um, She's from Pennsylvania, which, uh, and that's both, that's your neck of the woods, Ben Dieter. Yeah, she has Fetterman values, not Blackburn values. Fetterman. Fetterman values. Wow. So anyway, she's a Yankee woman. Uh, that's what I'm trying to find a polite way to say it. But there's she's that documentary, Todd. She's titled Miss Americana. Oh, Miss America. Wow. She's a carpet bagger. I see a carpet bagger. Yes. Taylor Swift, ladies and gentlemen, the Northeasterner from Pennsylvania. And by the way, those were fake tears. How old was this woman? She's in her 30s. She acts like she's a 17, 18-year-old child. That's who listens to her music. Well, that explains a lot. Anyway, um, there you go, uh, folks. <laughs> so uh, are they reaching the bottom of the barrel? That's. But I'm curious, though, why now? Is it because she's dating? The, is it because the boyfriend is the football player? Technically, in that relationship, she would be the cheerleader. Isn't that stereotypical? Just asking. I, what do I care? By the way, now they're are they dating or are they not dating, Dieter? Oh, they're dating. They are madly in love. All right. I know she and the mother get along very well. Yeah. You know, I would have loved to have seen, you've talked a lot about Dolly Parton. Why hasn't Dolly gotten the slot? Wouldn't that be a good person in the year for times? Yes, I think so. But the Time Magazine, it's a it's a smaller magazine. I think you would need you know a broadsheet <laughs> or at least the center vault. <laughs> yeah, but it's a fair question. Why not? Do- why not Dolly Parton? Dolly Parton has done more, I think, 
at least in the world of philanthropy, Dolly Parton has saved an entire section of a state, East Tennessee. She's saved cities and towns in the hills and hollers of East Tennessee. What is what has Taylor Swift done? I'm just I'm just asking the questions. 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. And I don't know what kind of Tennessee values she's talking about, but those are not the Tennessee values that most of the people I know ascribe to. I'm just saying. So coming up in the next, oh, we've got time to play this. Um, I want to go back to Riley Gaines for a moment. So, you know, there's been a lot of controversy over the uh, the men beating the women in the in the sports and uh, there was a case what the other day where you you had uh, two of the top three finishers in a race were men who identified as women. So now the National Women's Law Center president, Fatima Gosgraves, has some advice to all of you biological chicks out there, the ovaries crowd. Cut 19. And success in school sports depends on a whole range of factors, including how hard you work and coaching and access to really good resources and facilities. And trans students participate in sports for the same reason as their kids, because it is fun, because it creates belonging and community, because it teaches so much about persistence and leadership and and discipline, unless they learn to lose gracefully, hopefully, and often they learn to win with dignity, hopefully. Um, They learn to do the sort of work that means you have higher grades and stay connected to school. I want every kid to have that chance, to have the chance to play. All right. uh, Thank you, uh, Fatima Goss-Graves from the National Gals Law Center. And she says, the problem is, all you women out there, you need to learn to lose gracefully to the guys. So this story out of Illinois, where a where a pair of dudes won gold and silver in a female cycle race in Illinois. Tessa Johnson and Evelyn Williamson were both born male, and they beat out all the opposition at the Illinois State Cyclocross Championships. And apparently a lot of a lot of women are very angry over this. I mean, really upset. Tennis legend Martina Navratilova says this is appalling. More mediocre male bodies are taking places, podium places, from female athletes, and it stinks. Hello, my name is Carla, and uh, I just want to give a shout-out to all, the, all those males who think they might be females out there. There's a place for you in women's women's sports that's carla with a with a c all right thank you carla very deep voice you have uh oh let's go to jim listening to us on the talk station and has some thoughts on the swifties hi jim what you got for us well i just saw the information on uh, taylor swift that she made a text about and she got thirty nine thousand signups to to the voters in one hour's time. So I'm saying that uh, you talk about her not having influence. She's got total influence, and there should be somebody uh, that we you talk to all the time to be able to offset that somehow. Otherwise, we're looking at a tremendous number of voters being switched over to the Taylor Swift, and that's not good. Well, you know she's a Democrat. You, you know that, Jim. 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the Swifties are also lefties, and um, and she's out there. Look, it's it's tough because I think by and large the only conservatives out there are in country music these days. And really, what she's doing, do you really consider that to be country music? Not really. Yeah, I'm with you. It's kind of eh, it is what it is. But no, I look. She is influential with the um, with the youngsters, the young people of America. I, I don't know whether those kids are actually going to get out and vote, but who knows? But, uh, Jim, you raise a good point. All right, got to leave it there, sir. We are coming up on the top of the hour. Our telephone number, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Coming up, we're going to check in Robin Poffman on our way to Alabama. Also, Congressman Pat Fallon's going to be here. And Brian Mast, great congressman from Florida. All right, folks, stick around. ToddSterns.com have some great things for you to check out there, including our free newsletter and the free podcast. You can sign up for both. It'll take you exactly 20 seconds. We'll be right back, America. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of the Big Show. Happy to have you with us today. I have a question for you when it comes to, when it comes to Christmas. So, Governor Gavin Newsom has announced that he is canceling the the annual Christmas tree lighting at the state capitol there in, in Sacramento. And uh, the reason why is they're concerned about, about planned protest. And instead, uh, they're going to move the event online. Well, wh- what about hackers? Come on, Governor, you got to get with it. What about hackers, sir? According to KCRA, the 92nd Annual California State Christmas Tree Lighting was initially expected to be an in-person event, but a decision was made to make the event virtual because of the protest. Uh, That news uh, coming out today. The California Highway Patrol barricaded most of the Capitol building's west side lawn where the tree is located. Oh, they call it a, do they call it a Christmas tree or is it a holiday tree? Oh, here we go. It's just the state capitol tree. Any particular tree? Are we talking about, I don't know, an oak tree? Are we, are we talking about an elm tree? What about a weeping willow? There are large signs now posted around the state capitol that read, keep out, no trespassing. So the problem here is, and I'm just going to cut to the chase on all of this, the problem is that you have a bunch of Palestinian supporters, and they're out there, and they're causing mayhem in towns all over America. And as a result of that, many Christian and many Jewish celebrations are being canceled. And we saw this with the menorah lightings in, I believe, uh, Portland, Maine. You had one in Williamsburg, Virginia. And it's happening all over the place. And this is bonkers crazy. 
As a matter of fact, there are several other Hanukkah celebrations that have been canceled as well. According to Religion News Service, Hanukkah will not be the same this year because people are afraid that if they get out and they celebrate their holiday, then all of a sudden they're going to be they're going to be set upon by this rampaging mob. For the past 28 years, the biggest and booziest inside the Beltway Hanukkah party has featured hot potato latkes and a vodka bar, along with jelly-filled donuts. All sorts of people come out, hundreds of people. But it's hosted by a D.C. publicist by the name of Steve Rabinowitz. Yesterday, Rabinowitz sent out an email saying he had decided to forego the celebration this year. They're not going to have a party. And this is happening all over all over America. And I'm wondering, why are we canceling these things? What's going on here? This is America. We don't cower. We don't hide. We don't cancel. You get out there and you got a Christmas tree, and I don't care if it's an oak tree. I don't care if it's an elm tree. You go out there and you light the tree. And you sing festive, I don't know, Arbor Day songs around your holiday tree. But you don't go hide in your house. I mean, who does that? What kind of a message is Governor Newsom sending to the rest of the nation? Are those the California values he's been talking about? And by the way, if somebody comes and they try to disrupt and they cause you harm, then there's a Christmas carol for that. Deck the halls with boughs of holly or baseball bats. But you don't you don't cower in fear. You don't cancel. Who does that? That's what the French do. That's why we had to go over there and fight a war for those people. And all you Jewish Americans, I understand where you're coming from, but, man, they've been attacking Christians a lot longer. But you got to stand. you got to celebrate. And if you don't, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't, then we will lose. And I don't want to lose. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm curious here. Did the governor do the right thing? Are all these people canceling their Hanukkah celebrations? Are they doing the right thing? Because it looks to me like we're just waving a white flag of surrender at this pro-Hamas bunch. 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. I'm very curious to hear your thoughts on this. And a lot of people, even some conservatives out there, well, Todd, we, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season, but um, we can celebrate in our hearts this year. It's, it's just safer. It's more prudent. Well, forget that. Who wants prudent? Get out there and celebrate Christmas. What's wrong with you people? Don't be wusses. Meanwhile, I want you to hear this young lady. Her name is Talia Khan. Wow, does she have a story? She's a student at MIT, and she was testifying yesterday up on Capitol Hill, cut number 18. Thank you so much, Representative Fox and Representative Stefanik, for inviting me here today. My name is Talia Khan. I am an undergraduate alumna of MIT and a current graduate student at MIT. I am the daughter of a Jewish mother and an Afghan Muslim immigrant father. I am the proud president of the MIT Israel Alliance, and I am a Jewish student currently immersed in an extremely toxic anti-Semitic atmosphere at MIT. 
the MIT administration, namely President Sally Kornbluth, has failed to address the crisis of rampant anti-Semitism on campus. There is a radical anti-Israel group at MIT called the CAA. In recent weeks, the CAA's anti-Semitic rhetoric has shifted the culture on campus to such an extreme of intolerance that 70% of MIT's Jewish students polled feel forced to hide their identities and perspectives. An Israeli student whose identity and personal info was sold online for a bounty has not left his dorm room in weeks out of fear due to death threats. For my part, I was forced to leave my study group for my doctoral exams halfway through the semester because my group members told me that the people at the Nova Music Festival deserved to die because they were partying on stolen land. After a postdoc at MIT said that Jewish Israelis want to enslave the world in a global apartheid system, he falsely claimed that Israel harvests Palestinian organs and implied that the, quote, average Israeli is a Nazi. The DEI officer of his department replied by telling us that nothing he said was hate speech and that the organ harvesting conspiracy theory was, quote, confirmed. Day after day, the MIT administration has failed to enforce its own rules on anti-Semitic actors, such as the interfaith chaplain intimidating Jewish students, DEI staff publicly declaring that Israel has no right to exist, faculty dismissing student concerns for their safety by telling them that if they are scared, they should just go back to Israel. CAA protesters blocking the hallways, storming the offices of the MIT Israel internship offices and harassing the staff and faculty there, and inviting dangerous outsiders to campus to join them in yelling hateful and violent chants. This is the same climate of anti-Semitism that has led to massacres of Jews throughout the centuries. This is not just harassment. This is our lives on the line. The MIT administration has punted disciplinary processes to a faculty committee on discipline, which has thus far not received a single one of our complaints. MIT admin has even failed to staff a new task force against hate, which will duly combat anti-Semitism and Islamophobia. This atmosphere is intolerable. Jewish students do not believe that the MIT administration has done an adequate job to make students feel safe on campus. President Kornbluth, Please let me go back to being a scientist. Let me go back to being a student. I don't want to have to keep advocating for Jewish student safety on campus. It's not my job. It's your job. Please do your job and act now. And if you can't, I'm asking Congress to do it for you. Thank you. Uh, again, it's just, just bonkers insane that we have to be having these kinds of conversations. But I have noticed something. Especially in, um, in in some circles of the conservative movement, where people are saying, "Well, we we really don't need to be involved in what's happening over there in Israel." And by the way, this is by and large the same crowd that says, um, "You know, we um, we don't belong in Ukraine." Now, I don't think we belong in Ukraine, but I do believe that we have to stand alongside a long cherished ally like Israel. But I've really been surprised by the numbers of conservatives, even some Christians who say, well, you know, we just need to tone it all down. Well, I say forget that. Forget toning down. 
we've got we've got our fellow citizens under attack on American soil, and we've got to stand up, and we've got to defend these kids. Would you say the same thing if if the child if Miss Talia Khan happened to be a, a born again Christian? If they were out there sat, you know, chanting "Death to the Christians," would you be outraged, or would you just say, "You know, maybe we maybe we do need to tone it down." Maybe we do need to take down the nativity scene. No need to get people riled up. Maybe that's just for the best. By the way, that's what those university presidents were saying yesterday up on Capitol Hill. And God bless Elise Stefanik. She literally single-handedly exposed the hypocrisy of these university administrators, Harvard, MIT, UPenn. These presidents could not say that it was against their code of conduct to call for genocide. It's unbelievable. Cut 17. Dr. Kornbluth, does M- at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment, yes or no? If targeted at individuals, not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated of, uh, as harassment, if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the yes speech or becomes, no. If the speech becomes conduct... It can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual. Targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? 
anti-Semitic rhetoric. When and it is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct and we do take action. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct. Correct. All right, let me explain this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, because here's what the university presidents are saying. Um, well, we we think it's perfectly okay for the um, the Palestinians to march on our campus and chant death to the Jews. We believe that's permissible, but um, it, it's not permissible for them to actually go and kill a Jew. We, we, we might possibly take issue with that. At um, at Harvard, it would be like it would be like the people at Harvard saying, "Well, you know, we um, it's America, and uh, you know, free speech, and uh, we think it's perfectly okay for the uh, Ku Klux Klansmen to um, march through campus, shouting, uh, shouting, we want to lynch black people. Uh, that's okay un- until they actually lynch someone, and then we might have a problem with it. Th- that's what they're saying." It's outrageous. Look, even even the White House is like, dude, what the hell? Putting out a statement saying, what's going on with you people at Harvard and MIT and UPenn? I've got more to say about this. 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. This is the Todd Stern Show. So this is rather fascinating. So what you had up on Capitol Hill yesterday, you had these three three libtards, and they happen to be presidents of major universities, MIT, Harvard, and University of Pennsylvania. And they were telling members of Congress, our Congress peoples, that they don't have a problem with people marching through the streets of their campus chanting death to the Jews or genocide to the Jews. They don't have a problem with that. That's protected speech. But what is fascinating is an is a story written by Jeremiah Poff, an educated an education reporter. Uh, this is from 2022. Harvard students could be punished for not using preferred pronouns. So at Harvard University, it's okay to chant death to the Jews. But if you mispronounce somebody in the context of doing that, you could be in big trouble. I mean, big trouble. Death to the Jews is okay at Harvard, but misgendering someone will get you the death penalty. Do you understand how insane things are right now in this country, ladies and gentlemen? If I were you, moms and dad, here's what needs to happen. You've got to stop. If you are sending your child to any of these schools, You are funding anti-Semitism. That's what you're doing. If you are a donor and you are are sending checks to these universities, you are supporting anti-Semitism. That's what's going on here. Bill Ackman, the the big-time billionaire donor, Harvard alum, is calling on every single one of these university presidents to resign in disgrace. What say you? Should these university presidents be forced out of their jobs? 901-260-5926 is our number. That's 901-260-5926. We'll be right back, America.
All right, coming up on the Newsmax TV show, that's 3 o'clock Eastern. We're going to be talking to the folks in charge of wreaths across America. That's going to be a lot of fun, and what a great patriotic thing for uh, for all of our audience to get involved in. So that's coming up a little bit later on. I want to go to the phones real quick here. Memphis, Tennessee, Jimmy listening to us on KWAM. Hi, Jimmy, what's on your mind today? I just wanted to mention, I guess, it's just another example of you can't fix stupid. But uh, we need to take them up on their offer and just hang out her office and chant, uh, you know, death to all present and future presidents of the university and see how long you last. They'd have you in jail by lunchtime, Jimmy. <laughs> That's how quickly that would happen. Yeah, well, then we can, you know, she, she set the precedent. So, you know, I don't know. It, it's unbelievable how... Uh, stupid things are nowadays but you know it is what it is jimmy it proves you can be smart but you can also be stupid at the same time and that's that's what we've got up at these ivy league schools a whole lot of stupid going on and that's one of the problems with our government right now is most of the people in leadership graduated from either harvard or yale or one of the ivy league schools i'd i'd much rather i'd much rather the country be run by a bunch of community college folks from say arkansas and tennessee as opposed to those uh, those highfalutin Ivy League schools, I would not call her smart. She is definitely not smart. She's stupid as you know what. Well, that's well, yeah, but you can you can you can be book smart, and then you can have no common sense at all. But honestly, it's beyond that. The woman's the woman's an anti semite, and that's that's not that that's just not right. Hey, Jimmy, we got a skedaddle. Thank you for that call. Thanks for listening to KWAM. So big debate tonight, and by the way, our number, 901-260-5926, 901-260-5926. Big debate tonight, boots on the ground in Alabama, is Robin Poffman. Now, Robin, the pressing question, are you wearing any sort of like Alabama you know, attire, or you're, certainly you're not wearing any Auburn attire? Roll tide, roll, baby. Oh, wow. I am wearing my Alabama earrings. And I am uh, very excited that Alabama is in it to win it. And guess what? I just found out that my husband, who's a diehard, uh, we're going to Pasadena. To is, the that, Rose Bowl. is that right? Wow. Oh, you're going to have a great I, time out there. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. And uh, really excited about the whole thing. And um, anyway, really excited about tonight and being here on the campus of uh, the university. And um, it's going to be great. A lot of enthusiasm. It's going to be interesting, you know, to see Megyn Kelly and her come back. What, what, have you talked about that at all on the show today? No, I was been, waiting. Uh, Robin, I have been waiting to talk to you about Megyn Kelly. This is an all-gals event tonight. It is. So you have the, the gal from the Washington Examiner, and then News Nation is a sponsor. So you have Elizabeth Vargas from News Nation, formerly of ABC News. And it's going to be a really interesting to see the three women, especially after, you know, Hannity recently did the blue state, red state, the two governors of Newsom and DeSantis. And I thought that he did a great job. And then it was, it's going to be interesting to see how the three women, if they vibe or not, you know, with the four uh, folks on stage who are uh, clearly vying for um, uh, positions in the administration, Todd. I mean, none of these four are ever going to be uh, president. 
No, I mean, we know that, right? And Robin, there was a reporting out from Bloomberg, and basically now that you know, Team DeSantis behind the scenes saying, "Well, maybe we should have just waited." Yeah, no kidding, really. You're coming to that conclusion now. It, it, it's ridiculous. And, and by the way, I take one thing back: uh, Chris Christie will never be in a Trump administration because he prosecuted Jared Kushner's dad in New Jersey. People can look that saga up. But there's a lot of bad blood between those two. But the other three, maybe, does he, you know, if Trump gets in, did you see, did you watch the whole thing last night on Hannity? The, Robin, uh, I, the I, Trump? I started the whole, I started the whole show out with some of those clips. And I'm telling you, Robin, I, I don't know about, I want to hear your take on this, but I just thought there was such an energy and excitement and a focus of mission last night. That That's what I saw. It was incredible. It's like, you ever have a friend or a relative or someone you really adore and you haven't seen them in a long time? It's kind of like when you and I get together, right? I haven't We're seen like, you in a long time, Robin. Right? haven't seen you it's in like a while. You miss the, I right? miss you. you like, kind of, can you hear me okay, Todd? Yeah, you're coming in. But you need to be okay. here across from me, Robin. You're right. I'm getting misty. But it's that feeling, right? You're like, wow, I really miss this man. This is somebody I want to spend more time with. This is someone I want to be around with. This is someone I want to have a drink with. I want to have dinner with. And you not only miss the policies, but you miss the man. And that was the sense I got. I was I, I was watching it alone last night on the couch, absolutely riveted by the entire situation and uh, you miss him. You miss the policies. Uh, he, as always, looked large and in charge. I almost wanted a second or possibly a third hour. That's how it struck me. What about you? Yeah, I could have watched for a couple of more hours. I'm with you. It was it. And you're right. It was like, wow, man, I I have really missed this. And um, you know, again, I think after after that town hall, I wonder if the debate tonight is going to have any kind of an impact at all i think that there will be a few sound bites Uh, they might get into you know think about it you're on the university of alabama campus and so there's that whole rub with that florida didn't get in and maybe there'll be a sports question in there maybe i mean i would probably put it out there i mean how do you ignore the elephant in the room right so i think that there could be something on that Clearly, they're going to talk about uh, the rapes that occurred with Hamas terrorists. This is an all-female panel, so you'll probably hear, you know, the U.N., and they'll they'll talk about Hillary Clinton and some of the other folks, Sandberg, who have made statements. Um, I think that'll be a topic. But uh, is there real news going to be made out of this thing? Is the needle going to move? Are people's votes going to be changed? Not so sure. Robin, DeSantis didn't even move the needle with the Newsom debate. And, and again, I think this goes back to a guy who doesn't look like he wants to run. It's it's as if he is, it's a struggle for him to go out and be with the people like President Trump does. Yeah, you know, you it's almost like a Ted Kennedy moment, right? Remember back in, was it Roger Mudd? I forget. It may have been Roger Mudd, but... One of the reporters way back in the day for folks in your audience that are a little older, where Ted Kennedy is asked, sir, why do you want to be president? And he sits there, humming a, humming a, humming a, humming a, pregnant pause after pregnant pause. Everybody, you know, who's of a certain age has seen that clip, at least in video. And it's the same thing. 
I wish someone would ask Ron DeSantis, sir, why do you want to be president and put the needle on the record and and let him answer the question. Does he have the fire in his belly that he really wants it? I'm not so sure. He's a ter- I will tell you this, Todd. I, as you know, I spend a lot of time in the state of Florida uh, during 2020, during the virus. I spent a lot of time in Florida then. Everything was wide open. The kids are educated there. You could go wherever you wanted, no masks, et cetera, et cetera. He has done a fabulous job in Florida, but does that translate to the national stage? I'm not so sure. But I'll tell you this, though, Todd, if anything in a God forbid way happens to Trump, he's the next in line. I don't know anybody else who who could fill the shoes with at least policies that would be way better than what we have today. Now, let's talk Haley and Ramaswamy. They've got, as was it Ann Coulter said, they've got some Indian thing going on there. that They really do not like each other. And oh, I'm, you better believe I'm jumping that one on Coulter. Uh, it's they don't get along, but uh, Nikki Haley has has the backing of the big dollar donors who are intentionally not giving money to the RNC right now. And I'm wondering um, if she's going to be in this till the bitter end. They are setting her up, uh, in my mind, to to be a big failure. In other words, they're teeing her up and giving her all this money to siphon away votes from DeSantis, who they're kind of afraid of, who you could call kind of a mini a mini Trump, if you will, because their policies, if you look at, forget the personality, obviously their policies are so, their personalities are so different, but the, but the Trump and a possible DeSantis presidency, you'd get a lot of the same uh, positive for Republicans, positive for conservatives policies. Personality, there's only one Donald Trump, folks, and God broke the mold after he made Donald Trump. Uh, in terms of Nikki Haley, I am not a big fan of Nikki Haley. Um, I think she'd be good in a second or third tier position. Um, I don't see her as a president. I don't see her as a vice president. And uh, Vivek, I'm a big fan of his. I find him very amusing. I think he's got a lot of energy. He's got age on his side. I would make him the next uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, replacement secretary of transportation in a uh, Robin Poffman administration. All right, Robin Poffman. And, Robin, we're going to have you on tomorrow to do a debrief. Uh, while you've got time, <laughs> while you've got time, okay. you've got to go check out Sorority Row. You know, they had that whole Bama Rush documentary down there. Yes. That's like a big thing. I, I'm- I'm aware of that, and my husband uh, was in a fraternity, so he's all about it, and I'm kind of married into the madness, as they say. All right, Dreamland Barbecue. Your husband knows this, but you gotta you got to oh, drop by there. Dreamland. I've been there. The white bread, you take the white bread and you dip it in the sauce. Been there, done that. Um, and finally, Todd, I'll leave you with this. Roll, Tide, roll, baby. All right, Robin Walensky Woo! already hitting the barbecue sauce. It's it's early. Robin, uh, great, great job, and uh, we're going to touch base with you tomorrow. You be safe down there. Okay, you too, All right. Todd. All right. Wow. Uh, Dieter, I, Robin's really, she's fired up here. Wow. I mean, I, I, you guys sent me to Milwaukee, and I can tell you I didn't have that energy, so I don't know. Maybe it's just the difference between Alabama and where is Milwaukee? I don't know. I, I I just don't think you could have handled all the uh, Alabama sorority girls. It's it's a lot to take in. It's a lot. 
But I, I think I could survive a college party or two. Bama rush. That's right. <laughs> That's it. All right, uh, folks, uh, what do you think about tonight's debate? Are you going to watch it or is it just is this a waste of time? Have any of you changed your mind? Any of you folks out there, you've been you've been on board with uh, Ramaswamy or Haley or DeSantis. And you're saying, you know what? It's, it's reality check. I'm I'm in with Trump again. 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. We'll be right back. All right, uh, let's go right to the phone lines here. 901-260-5926. 901-260-5926. James, listening to us in North Carolina on WSIC, our great affiliate. Hi, James, what's on your mind? Uh, Ron DeSantis is on my mind. Really? And we were talking about him. And listen, I like I, I like Ron DeSantis, and I think he would be a good president. But I think he even knows right now that it's really not his time. And I think he's smarter than what people give him credit for. But to me, I think Ron DeSantis has a driving force behind him who wants the White House more than he does right now. And I think it's his wife. So you think Mrs. Mrs. DeSantis is the is the one calling the shots? Yes, James. This is this is fascinating. It's not the first time I've I've heard this this train of thought. And look, I I don't believe that DeSantis is a dumb guy. I think he's he's very smart. I, th- I he's got a great background. I just think that he has been given incredibly horrible advice. When it comes to campaigning, and I, whoever is feeding him this information has not helped him. They may think they're helping him, but they're not helping him. Well, no, they're not. And like you said, it's not his time. And if he just needs to just wait another four years, because Trump is the man right now. So and tr- I think he knows. He knows that. He doesn't. Maybe he might not like it. And I'm sure his wife probably doesn't like it, but I truly believe that she's like the driving force behind this right now of wanting him to be the next president in 2024. So, I, you know, I, I, I can't prove that 100%, but, I've, I mean, I, I watch a lot of stuff. I hear a lot of stuff, and her name has come up several times on being the driving force of him want, being wanting the White House. It, so, it's, it's just an I mean, odd it's, it's an odd vibe from all those folks. It, it, it really is. And uh, it's just something is not quite right there. Uh, James, appreciate that call, and uh, thank you thank you for listening. Our telephone number again, 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. Where is this story? I called a story up and then promptly deleted it. Um, and I will try to find this. We may have to get to it in the next hour. Jeez, hello. This story out of Rochester. Uh, this is Rochester, Minnesota, by the way. A choir teacher removed a Hanukkah song from a middle school holiday concert after students expressed concern that singing a traditionally Jewish song could be perceived as taking a side in the ongoing international conflict. Uh, this is according to television station KTTC. Megan Zimple is the writer. The story involves Kellogg Middle School. And the school district says, you know, 
hey, just to be clear, we don't ban religious songs. We're not, we're not like those people in Kansas. According to Zimple's report, the teacher also removed a Kwanzaa song. Wait, what? Kwanzaa? Do we have Kwanzaa carols now? Is that a thing? Is that Fiddy or Kanye? Are they coming up with the Kwanzaa song? What, what is a Kwanzaa song? The incident comes after controversy over a menorah lighting ceremony that will not be held in Williamsburg, Virginia. So the teacher not only removed the Kwanzaa song, but also the Hanukkah song. Quote, this was not a district directive. We do not prohibit religious songs from being performed at holiday concerts. By the way, do they sing like jingle bells or anything? What? Hmm, interesting. All right, there you go. Uh, let's go to Johnny in Memphis, Tennessee. Johnny, I know you want to weigh in on Ron DeSantis. What say you? <laughs> how you doing, Ty? I'm well. Thanks for asking, Johnny. All right, man, I like y'all show, man. I like Ben and Josh. I like all of you guys. Well, thank you. Uh, man, I, I, you know what? I like Ron DeSantis. I, I, I'm not, uh, and I'm a black guy, I, I'm not uh, totally sold out on him. But I, you know what? I, I, I just feel like we need somebody young, aggressive, and run has been there, done that. And I, but I'm listening to y'all talking about his wife is running the thing, and I, I don't like that. You know, I like for men to be men. Uh, Johnny, here's the deal. Here's what gets me. It's the boots. You know what? I'm a short guy, and I embrace it. It is what it is. This is how tall the good Lord made me. I'm not going to go around and wear high heels or put lifts in boots. I mean, who does that? That just tells me the guy's not comfortable in his own skin, and somebody's telling him to be something that he's not. Yeah, yeah. In other words, you got to be somebody that could be, you know, Trump. And Trump has, Trump has paid the dues, I, I must say. Trump he has. has. Johnny, hey, I hate to do this, Johnny. We are coming up on a break. You can hear the music there. But thank you for calling in, and thanks for listening to the program as well. All right, hang tight, everybody. Hour three coming up. I found the story. It's about a possum and a Christmas tree. I'll tell you about it coming up next. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starks. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Hour 3 of The Big Show. Great to have you with us. Hope you're doing well. Welcome to all of our Newsmax viewers as we simulcast this hour of the program on Newsmax 2. Uh, look, I, before we get to the Christmas tree controversy, I find I found that story I was looking for. And Ben Dieter, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, uh, being that you're from Pennsylvania. And actually, where you're from has no bearing on the story at all, but I'm still curious to hear your thoughts. So do you have a Christmas tree this year, uh, Mr. Dieter? I do not this year. The Grinch stole Christmas. All right, so you're an atheist. Um, so, so you will not be setting up a Christmas tree. But if you were going to set up a Christmas tree, would you? You're really not an atheist. Uh, would you be setting up a live tree or a fake tree? It would be a 
live tree. All right. Like one of the little Charlie Brown Christmas trees or a gigantic, you know, 12 foot, 14 foot tall, you know, Christmas fir. God, I'm in a, I'm in a studio and in downtown. You know what that's like. So it would have to be mid. I see. You know, one year I was, um, I got a call from my dear friend, Lauren Green, who was, by the way, in the annals of Fox News history. Uh, she was the very first person Roger Ailes hired. And uh, Lauren, great reporter, great friend. And uh, one day I got a call, uh, Ben. Uh, she lived over on the Upper West Side in the uh, West End. And she says, hey, Todd, I need help getting my Christmas tree up. And I thought, oh, okay, well, no problem. I'll, I'll, I'll be over and I'll help. And I just thought she was wanting me to decorate, you know, with the, uh, the Christmas ornaments and the, um, the, the garland and the tinsel and the lights and the whatnot. And uh, when I get there, um, she said, meet me downstairs in the lobby. And I'm like, all right, I'll do that. And so I met her in the lobby and uh, she says, all right, great, you're here, let's go. And I'm like, why aren't we going up to your apartment? Why, why, what's the deal? She goes, no, I I need help getting the tree up to the apartment, and and I didn't realize that at that time that you can literally purchase a Christmas tree on the sidewalk in New York City, and all she was using me for was the muscle. So I had to literally tote this gigantic <laughs> Christmas tree through the streets of New York City and up to her apartment. You are being a good gentleman. Tom. I was covered in sap for weeks. It's very hard to get that sap. I'm just saying it's hard to get the sap out. So all that to say, uh, this is from California, where a TikToker by the name of Brett was shocked to find an extra decoration on her Christmas tree. So she bought one of these live trees. She gets the tree into the house, and Ben Dieter, she discovered there was a possum hiding in her Christmas tree. Like a full-blown possum. She took a photograph, and the possum seems to be having a pretty good time. Um, which is interesting because normally possums aren't they are are they easily agitated or am, am I thinking about raccoons? They're awful. They pop their teeth and snarl. That reminds me of another story. I was walking home. I was the overnight anchor at Fox, and so my day ended at six a.m. So I would walk through Central Park on my way to the subway, and there was a bit of a commotion, and it turned out there was a, a raccoon that was loose in Central Park. And this woman uh, had come over, and she was trying to this, – this woman thought the, the raccoon, Ben, had the demeanor of like a little cat, like a little baby kitten. And so she was like talking to the kitty, 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 kitty. But it wasn't a kitty cat. It was a raccoon, a rabid raccoon. So there are these people over there, and they're like, "Ma'am, you know, stay away. That's that 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 that's a, a nasty hairy rat. They were calling it a hairy rat. That's a hairy rat. It's going to bite you." And she was very dismissive, and I could see from the distance this guy was just throwing his hands up in disgust. And uh, he ran one of those little um, they had the street cars, and he was selling bagels, and just threw his hands up. Whatever, well, just suit yourself, lady. So anyway, I'm walking, and I just. You know, it's just one of those scenes that you see in Central Park. And, uh, Dieter, um, I'm walking, and a few minutes later, I hear the most brutal, horrifying scream I have ever heard. Apparently, she tried to pick up the raccoon, <laughs> and it was not interested. So, Oh, my gosh. You know how it is? Even with raccoons in New York City, they teach the kids the little, uh, whatever you call the little baby raccoon, stranger danger. Mm. I'm just saying. Wait, so this 
this is there was not a raccoon in the Christmas tree. Where the possum is in the Christmas. Tree. Oh yeah, it was a possum. Okay, yeah, they just that, you were making a point. I was making a point. Okay, thank you. Uh, okay, welcome to the Todd Stearns Radio Show. It's just a weird this this hour is going to be a little weird, but that's okay. Uh, coming up, Congressman Brian Mast is going to drop by, uh, weighing in on this insane testimony we heard yesterday from these Ivy League schools. I have a question for uh, our audience this hour: Should we defund? Any university, any school in America that refuses to protect Jewish students or Christian students. That's the question of the hour. That really is the question of the age right now, where you had three university presidents sitting before Congress yesterday saying, well, you know, we don't really don't mind if the kids are getting out there and marching and chanting death to the Jews. Um, you know, that that's okay, but it's all within the context. So if they actually go out there and they kill a Jew, well, that would be bad. But if they just want to go out there and chant death to the Jews, death to the Christians, that's okay. That's what happened on Capitol Hill yesterday, and you've got a lot of folks now saying, uh, we got a problem in this country. As a matter of fact, a number of uh, millionaires, billionaires now calling for these university presidents to step down that they should resign in disgrace. But my concern is the federal tax money. Now, here's the deal. If you're not going to protect Jewish or Christian students on your campus, and by the way, I'm throwing in the Christian kids because the Christian students have been persecuted for a very long time on our university campuses, and nobody nobody really gives two hoots about that. But they ought to. So I say this. If you are a public or private university and you get federal tax dollars and you do not protect the Jewish students or the Christian students on your campus, no more tax money for you. Not a single penny. And I wouldn't put it past House Speaker Mike Johnson to do just that. So we're going to follow this story. We will let you know um, how all of this falls out. But I want to know from you, you think that's a good idea? Should we start defunding these anti-Semitic universities? 901-260-5926 is our telephone number. That's 901-260-5926. All right, we've got to take a break here, folks. This is The Todd Starnes Show. Hi, I'm Hunter Biden, hoping you're enjoying the holiday season. But tax time is just around the corner in April of next year. But you don't have to report your income using this one simple trick. Convert your earnings into a loan. When someone pays you back for a loan, or if you pay them back, you don't have to report it or pay taxes. Simple. Stick it to the IRS doing business the Biden way. Get your employer to pay you a loan in exchange for your services. Loan your dad 10% of a family business transaction. I thought you were paying me back. It doesn't matter, Dad. Paying a hooker for her services, she loaned herself to you, so you were just paying her back. (sighs) Why struggle at tax time when you can keep all the money for yourself without all the hassle? Should all loan payments be forgot and never brought to mind? 
Should all Calling income or payments to someone else alone may not work for everyone. If you're not a Biden or even a politically connected Democrat, the FBI, DOJ, and the IRS are unlikely to be on your side, limiting your success at tax time. We'll smoke some crack and forget all about that picture of his behind. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that uh, tax advice there from uh, Hunter and uh, and Joe, but... Uh, who knows? I would thank you, Paul Shanklin, our great parody guru. Uh, let's go to the phones here. 901-260-5926. Anita is listening to us in beautiful Florida. Hi, Anita. What's on your mind today? Hi, you're really on your mark, you know, when you talk about the universities. But I want to add the defunding should also include the U.N. Well, I, look, I'm, I'm all support. I want to kick the U.N. out. You know what? Let here's here's a thought. You know what? Gaza City, their the real estate is like you're going to be able to pick up a lot of. You're going to be able to get a lot of land for a little bit of money over there. So I say move it to Gaza City. That's right, and let Trump take the uh, fix up the UN site. He'll really make it worth the money and get rid of all these people that come in just to use the U.S. the New York City atmosphere but i believe you are right on especially the universities i'm glad my grandkids have gone past that so when i think of the money that the parents paid to the tuition it's unbelievable it really is anita and then when you you take a look at what they're using that money for by and large there are more administrative positions at these universities than there are uh, actual teaching positions so You've got a lot of a lot of folks out there. Um, a lot of people are getting very wealthy off of the taxpayer dime. So I just say pull the plug. Get rid of the UN. Get rid of the universities. That's correct. I give you credit there, Todd. You really I I have all this time and I've been watching your show now on Newsmax. So you really got it right. Well, Anita, Anita, let me ask you a question. Do you have a copy of my latest book, Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation? No, I don't. I'm sorry, but I, I've been reading an awful lot. Well, don't again, I'm not motivated enough. Oh, we're going to get you <laughs> motivated here, Anita. I'm, I want to send you, Ben, let's put Anita on hold, and uh, we're going to send her a copy of Culture Jihad, How to Stop the Left from Killing a Nation. So, Anita, we appreciate you, and uh, we thank you for, for listening uh, to the Todd Starnes radio program and for watching. Uh, she Anita is watching us on Newsmax 2, and you can do that as well simply by going to Newsmax.com. Again, our telephone number is 901-260-5926. That's 901-260-5926. So President Trump doing the town hall with Hannity last night, and you gotta love you gotta love Trump. He was so fired up, so energetic, and we were talking about this earlier with Robin Poffman, who is boots on the ground in Alabama for tonight's uh, debate. There, there was something about Donald Trump, this idea that you just miss the guy, right? It's, but there's this energy. There was an energy in the room. There was an excitement, an aura around President Trump. And, and I think the American people are to the point where they're just exhausted. And they're saying, you know what? Joe Biden brought this darkness across our land. Joe Biden has destroyed our our economy. Joe Biden is and his policies are wrecking havoc. Our border has been overrun. We need a man who is willing to stand up and take the arrows, take the bullets for the American people, 
And Donald Trump says, I'm that guy. And he says it without even a hint of hesitation in his voice. So anyway, here's President Trump uh, talking about Joe Biden's physical and mental condition last night. I ask you, when prominent Democratic voices like Maureen Dowd and and David Axelrod and Van Jones and others are so critical of Joe Biden, and of course he is struggling cognitively, I can't think of in the last couple of months any appearance that he has had where he wasn't either mumbling or bumbling or stumbling or having no clue where to go, where to exit. Now, my question is, do you think in 11 months he will be their candidate? I personally don't think he makes it, okay? I haven't said that. I'm saving it for this big town hall. I've never really... I personally don't think he makes it. I think he's in bad shape physically. Do you remember when he said, I'd like to take him behind the barn? If he took me behind the barn and I went like this... I believe he'd fall over. I believe he'd fall over. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But... But it was okay. And by the way, it was okay for him to say that. He said, I'd like to take him behind the... He could say that, and everyone thought it was so cute. If I ever said it, they'd say, he's a dictator. He's a horrible human being. You know, it's a whole double standard we have, and not only in the law, but just about everything else, as you know very well. Um, I personally don't think he makes it physically. I watched him at the beach. He wasn't able to lift a beach chair, which is meant for children to lift. You can lift him like that. Uh, and mentally, I would say he's possibly equally as bad and maybe worse, but I don't know. I will say this. He's got vicious people surrounding him around that beautiful Oval Office. There are people in that Oval Office that are evil people, bad people, smart people, young, vicious. They're communists and they're bad. Who, they're, who do you think would replace them then? Uh, well, I saw one person on who I actually had a very good relationship with, but I'm sure that it would end very quickly. I saw him in your debate the other night, and he's slick, but he's got no facts. You know, he's got no facts. Uh, I thought he did well, considering... You're talking about Gavin Newsom. Yeah, considering that he didn't have the facts, I thought he did well. You know, he said, <laughs> we have the lowest taxes in the country. We have the cleanest streets in the country. We're... And I'm saying, wait a minute, is he talking about the same place? <laughs> So he'd certainly be one. I guess they say that Kamala would be uh, the one, the odds to be. Because they say if they didn't give it to her, the African-American vote, the black vote, would not go to them. And we just had a poll where I'm at 22 and 25 percent with the black vote. If we have that, we can call the election over. All right. There you have it. Uh, folks, did you watch the debate and did you come away with this sense of of hope and excitement. This is a man who is fired up. And, you know, when I see Ron DeSantis, I do not see that. I don't see that type of excitement out there on the campaign trail. Trump loves this. It looks very painful to Ron DeSantis. And it could be because he has to wear the lifts and the boots. I don't know. But it's very clear to me that Donald John Trump is in it to win it. He's a fun guy. He was telling jokes, having a lot of fun, very uh, sarcastic, mocking some folks here and there. And the problem, and I mentioned this in the first hour of the radio program, the problem, by and large, is that the mainstream media, they, Lord love them, they don't have a sense of humor. And that's pretty pathetic. Because if you don't have a sense of humor, you're not going to understand half of the stuff that Trump is talking about. Let's go to the phones here. Robert in Florida wants to weigh in on these anti-Semites on our university campuses. Robert, welcome to the show. Hi. All right, Robert, you're on the air. 
All right, let's Hi, go I'm to Grant you. in Pennsylvania. Grant, what say you? How are you doing? Um, I'm calling because I want to talk about the Biden corruption. And um, Biden, I have a source that says John Garland is money laundering and Jackie McGuire, the FBI director of Philadelphia, is money laundering. A friend from the FTC told okay. me this. Well, Grant, all right. I, yeah, I, you know, we have no way of, of verifying that information. And I appreciate you calling in. But again, I've got no way of verifying that, that information. Um, I, I can tell you, and I believe you're talking about Merrick Garland. Uh, Merrick Garland ought to be, in my estimation, impeached. Should have already happened. Very clear that his department has been weaponized to take out conservatives and to specifically take out Trump supporters. So, um, again, folks, when you call in and, and you do have evidence, show us the evidence. So show my uh, call screener the evidence, and uh, we'll, take a, we'll take a long, hard look at it. But on this program, we want you to come to the program armed with the facts. Uh, that's what we do here. Yes, this is an opinion talk show, but we want to make sure that we know what we're talking about. All right, I got to take a break here. 901-260-5926. Again, that telephone number, 901-260-5926. This is The Todd Stern Show. Welcome back, everybody. Great to have you with us on the Todd Stearns radio program today. want to go right now to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, and we are honored to have Congressman Brian Mast with us. He represents the 21st Congressional District uh, over in Florida. He is also a U.S. Army veteran and a great American Patriot Congressman. Hope you're doing good today. I am doing well. I'm in Washington dealing with the BS that we deal with, but I am here and working. You know, it's interesting, Congressman, as uh, we saw this uh, testimony yesterday up on Capitol Hill, um, Elise Stefanik, who uh, I got to tell you, I wasn't too sure about her from day one, uh, but she has certainly come a long way uh, during her time on Capitol Hill. And the, the way that she was able to call out and expose these university presidents and the anti-Semitism on the campuses, I, I thought she did a terrific job. What say you? Yeah, uh, Elise did a really great job on that. And she exposed that these are just more pawns for the Biden administration. They operate their playbook in the same way, which is this. Listen, America, we want you to believe what we say. Don't believe what you see with your own eyes. Don't believe the anti-Semitism that you see going on on the college campuses. Just believe that we tell you this isn't taking place for these reasons. They're not doing things that, that would, you know, anybody else that's a conservative would be kicked off of campus for, kicked out of school for. They wouldn't allow, you know, a, a Riley Gaines, the swimmer, onto their campus to speak or a Ben Shapiro to speak or have a debate. But these people... They're not doing anything wrong, so forget what the media is telling you. That's how they want to do it, and Elise did a great job of just exposing these college presidents for what they were, which is, again, just shills for the liberal agenda. Yeah, look, and by the way, this is not conjecture on your part. Uh, We shared a story earlier in the show today. In 2022, uh, you could actually get in trouble at Harvard University if you mispronounce somebody, but it's okay to go and, and walk and chant death to the Jews across campus. That's okay as long as you don't mispronounce somebody in the process. 
Yeah, not just, you know, chant things in the mob mentality of what they are doing. Nothing compared, to, you know, to misgendering somebody with the pronoun, they, them, he, she, you know, whatever it might be. But a mob forcing students to lock themselves in, in dorms, in community rooms, in different places, in literal fear for their life, and they won't have the campus police out there stopping them, protecting them, doing, you know, doing other things. It's amazing what you see going on to appease uh, those that want to support I don't, I don't even like using the term Hamas terrorists, all right, because the, the fact of the matter is that saying that falls under the trap that the left wants you to fall under. And, and people are being duped. They're being, they're being hoodwinked by thinking it's just Hamas that are the bad people in the Gaza Strip. It, it's Hamas, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Al-Aqsa, Martyrs Brigade, Lions Den, and other terrorist groups. But it's hundreds of thousands of people that do not wear a black hood and a green headband and don't label themselves Hamas, that transport their rockets, that make their meals, that, uh, you know, provide them housing and do all these different things, but don't label themselves terrorists. They, the, the UNRWA, uh, you know, with the United Nations and the Palestinians want you to believe that it's just a, a very few small number of fighters that are military-aged males. When the reality of the situation is, it's women, it's males, it's older adults, and it's people under the age of 18. But when you read their statistics, they just want you to think, if it's not a 25 to 30-year-old male, it must have just been this innocent civilian. And, and Congress, I am so glad you are one of the few people up on Capitol Hill that's actually explaining what exactly we are dealing with over there. And and the reality of it, we are not dealing with a political war. This is a religious war at its core. And until our elected leaders come to terms with that, I'm not sure there's going to be any movement made one way or, or the other. But for... Yeah. Go ahead. No, you're right. But they're not going to come to terms with it. Why? Because they're busy, as you know, we discussed already, just trying to appease uh, the, the Muslim population that's going to say anybody that's a Palestinian uh, was an innocent Palestinian. doesn't matter if they had an AK in their hand. doesn't matter if they were moving rockets or ordnance or bomb-making components or were housing uh, hostages in their place or were spitting on them or raping them or whatever it might be. Uh, you know, they're going to say they're an innocent Palestinian civilian and our hearts should bleed for them. So, so here's what we've done, Congressman, because I get this blowback all the time. And, uh, we, we, I think we, you and I think along the same lines here on this, but I, you know, they tell me, well, Todd, there are, there are plenty of moderate Muslims out there. And I'm like, great. I want to welcome them onto this program so they will condemn what's happening to the Israelis right now. And we've been doing this for, you know, well, since October, and so far no one has taken us up on the on the offer. We've been searching, scouring all the news pages uh, for marches um, in support of Israel uh, from these folks, uh, the, the pro-Palestinian crowd. Haven't seen a one, Congressman, not a one, but the invitation is still I, there. I agree. I, I say it the exact same way when we look at, the, you know, the, the mobs in the Gaza Strip that were there. Show me, you want to say there's an innocent Palestinian civilian over there? Guaranteed there are. You know, let's just say there are five-year-olds for sure that have no idea what country they're in uh, and why there's conflict going on around them. So yes, there are, there are innocent people, but show me the person 
in all of the, the hundreds of thousands of hours of video footage that exists that was out there saying, yeah. no, return that hostage. Don't bring them in here. No, don't, don't shoot them. Don't shoot the dog. Don't shoot them, you know, two in the chest and one in the head and then check their pulse to make sure that they're actually dead and then put another round in them. Show me the individuals that were actually out there doing what anybody can, could, could classify as, quote unquote, the right thing. And I haven't found anybody to step forward and show me that either. All right, Congressman Brian Mast on our Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd is the website. Uh, Congressman, is there anything that Congress can do with these uh, these universities? It seems to me if they're not going to protect their Jewish or Christian students, and let's get real here, Christians have been under attack on university campuses for a very long time, and nobody seems to be bothered by that. But is there anything Congress can do here? Yeah, you know, funding is always what Congress can do. Uh, you have to look at where they're extracting dollars from we the people uh, and, and getting a tax dollar for something, whether it be a grant, whether it be, uh, you know, a research program, whether it be uh, for student aid in some kind of way, whatever it might be, you look for where they're getting those dollars and say, listen, just like uh, they would argue that we should not be putting uh, taxpayer dollars into any institution of hate, uh, well, guess what? If you're going to allow yourself to be an institution uh, of hate towards any Jewish person, because that's why, uh, let me say it this way, that's how the, the Palestinians will live alongside the Jews just long enough that they, they can to devise a, a plan to kill them. Uh, if that's going to be who you support, that should be looked at as hate, and you're going to get the same treatment that you would expect. Congressman, real quick, I know you've been busy uh, this morning, uh, Budget Committee holding a hearing. Um, is there any movement on fixing what is broken with this uh, budget process? There is movement. Let me say, let me not say movement in the right way. I don't want to give you a false hope. There's real conversation, and there's real people that are pissed off about it. And as much as having a small margin of, of majority in the House of Representatives makes things very difficult, it also creates a very real opportunity where now you only need a couple of us to say, no, listen, we're not going to let you appropriate this money to some other country that you didn't even put through the, the approval process of Congress when we can't secure our own southern border and do all these things. The, the good thing about that small majority is that it only takes a couple of people to prevent that sort of thing from happening. So that helps the budget process. Do I think we're right at the sweet spot of, of you know, uh, of having enough people in the, in the majority that it's safe? No. Uh, you know, we're dangerously close to being in the minority, which would be far worse. Uh, you know, the, the worst Republican Party's uh, policies, I think, are still better than the, the best of the Democrat policies. But uh, there are enough of us that are saying, we're not going to vote for that. We're not going to approve this. You're going to cut the spending. You're going to have a lower bottom line. You're not going to spend more year over year and say just because uh, it, it didn't keep up with inflation, that counts as a cut or something like that. And and real differences will be made, I, I firmly believe. Good. Well, uh, we're going to leave it there. Uh, Congressman, lots of good information. Appreciate you, and I hope you and your family have a great Christmas and holiday season. You have an awesome Christmas, too. All right. Congressman Brian Bast, everybody, great guy there from uh, the great state of Florida. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we are going right to your calls. 
Our telephone number is 901-260-5926. Again, that's 901-260-5926. Our website, by the way, if you want to check out uh, a lot of the stories that I I write about, you can go to ToddStarns.com. We have well over a million people a month on our website. Uh, Check it out, all of our content. We would love for you to be one million and one. So uh, go check out ToddStearns.com. We'll be right back, folks. All right, coming up on the big show on Newsmax 2 in uh, just under 10 minutes, we're going to be checking in live boots on the ground at the big presidential debate in Alabama. Hopefully our correspondent will be uh, reporting from Dreamland Barbecue. We'll keep you updated on that. Um, Okay, let's go to the phones here. We're going to head over to the beautiful state of Michigan, and Yvonne's been holding on for a while. So, Yvonne, I understand you watched the uh, the town hall last night. No, I didn't have a chance to watch it, but I heard the clip on your show, and I just wanted to say that um, the there is a double standard here in this country, and if it wasn't for President Trump, we all know Joe Biden is an installed president. He was not elected. So President Trump is a real president, and without him... But Yvonne, no, Yvonne, let me jump in here. If that's the case, he wouldn't be able to run for re-election. So you're, you're limited to two terms. Look, the election results are the election results. And uh, do I believe there were shenanigans? Yes. Uh, were they able to prove that beyond a shadow of a doubt? No, they were not. But Yvonne, appreciate that call. Let's go to Lewiston, Maine. Mike on the line. Hi, Mike. What say you? Well, I just want to point out something I've never heard on any shows yet. Biden is, uh, wants to save our atmosphere and all this. We already had pipelines. We all know that. He shut those down. What is the cost? Well, here's the cost. Every time there's a tanker that comes from Russia, China, it takes 2,600 gallons of fuel per hour. That's diesel fuel. That's 60000 per day. It takes an average of 45 days. All of that is such a waste. It wouldn't be happening if we were just using a pipeline here in the United States. Well, uh, Mike, I'll take you a step further. Uh, when you look at what it takes to actually create the batteries for the battery-powered cars, uh, you're talking about a, a complete decimation of, of the, the, the environment. It's, it's just outrageous. So I, I hear your point there, and, and you're right. A lot of these, a lot of these policies that they want to implement are actually detrimental to the to the, to the environment, and it's certainly going to make things worse, not better. Exactly. Yeah. All right. By yeah, the way, and Mike, was... Mike, appreciate that call. By the way, have you? Um, I, I are, am I the only person that does this? So when you go to uh, one of the, um, the the grocery stores, the Whole Foods, have you noticed that right up front? Um, they don't even have the handicap parking. It's uh, all um, electric car parking. And I've noticed, at least here in our in our community, not a lot of people are driving around in, with electric cars. And so most of the time, those those um, spots are, are empty. Any is Anybody else uh, park in, in the parking lots? Uh, is, or is that just me? I, no one said anything about it, but... Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, if it's if it's there and nobody's using it, I I say go for it. Uh, let's go to Kay in New Jersey. Hi, Kay. How are you today? 
Hi, Mr. Stearns. How are you? Okay, I'm doing, I think I maybe I'm dealing with a moral dilemma. Is it inappropriate for me to park my Cadillac in a in a, an electric car charging spot? And truthfully, I don't think so. There's, there's, uh, what a, what a waste of space. Okay, I'm with you. Thank you. You have just, you have, you have, uh, you have just convinced me. So I, I thank you. I'm not going to repent. So there we go. <laughs> and look, I know you okay. have a question about McCarthy. Why did you call in today, Kay? Uh, for two reasons. One, I wanted to ask your opinion on Mr. McCarthy's latest move. I almost feel in reference to him resigning, that this is a revenge tactic to further jeopardize the uh, Republican Party. Not the Rhino Party, but the Republican Party. It puts the party at at risk in reference to losing, because now Newsom, is it Newsom responsible for electing someone to fill his spot? So, no, they will. Now, I'm not quite, I'll have to check into how they they do that in, in California, but this is not where... Newsom will come in and appoint somebody, and I'm not quite sure McCarthy has actually said when he is stepping down. Uh, so we'll we'll dig into that for you. But Kay, I want to, I do want to answer your other question, and and this is an important one because there is a strategy here, and McCarthy is up to something. You need to understand this guy plays. He doesn't play both sides. Kay, he plays all the sides. This is who uh, Kevin McCarthy is, and that's one of the reasons why he was a lousy Speaker of the House. He had to literally give up the farm just to get power, and then he, he realized he had given up all of his power while trying to get the power. I agree, and I'm sure that they're going to be ragging on uh, Matt Gates now in reference to this, but I still feel that Matt Gates made the right move, and every action that McCarthy takes from this point forward proves Matt's point. You know, Kate. Now, this is interesting uh, because there is there is scuttlebutt on Capitol Hill that Gates may be the next target. Uh, you've got a lot of these moderate Republicans, and they want to expel him from Congress uh, the same way they just did George Santos. So the question is whether or not they will have they will have the fortitude to do that. But that could be coming down the pike here, and we got to pay very close attention. We're going to be all over that if 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 in fact they try to pull something like that. Wow, and that would be that would be a shame. That would be so sad. The Republican Party or the Rhino Party, I mean, we're they are certainly jeopardizing this country just as much as the Democrats are. Well, no, no doubt about that. And uh, Kay, appreciate that call, and we'll look into uh, how all of that plays out in in California as far as the uh, the speaker. Of course, McCarthy. If you missed the story earlier in the day, announced he is resigning from Congress. Uh, writing in an op-ed that he says, I know my work is only getting started. So is he going to try to run for the Senate? Unlikely. Um, I'm not sure a Republican at this point is going to be able to win any sort of statewide office in uh, in California, but we shall see. So um, McCarthy is leaving before the end of his term, and that would leave the House GOP with an even slimmer majority. Right now they have an eight-seat majority um, until a special election can be held to vacate uh, to fill the vacated seats. Okay, there you go. A special election will be held um, to uh, fill that to fill that congressional seat. And by the way, that is relatively a conservative district, so we should be able to pick up a conservative there. We'll keep you updated on that. All right, it has been a great show, everybody. Head over to ToddStarns.com right now. 
Go check out our awesome podcast, download that, and also sign up for our free newsletter. Over a quarter million Americans now signed up and subscribed to the Todd Stearns Daily Newsletter. All right, folks, get out of there. Hey, Newsmax 2, the TV show, coming up in just a matter of minutes. You folks get out there and you be good, America. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.